0: what's up everybody welcome to the latest episode of the foul ball area podcast i'm your host matthew atkins trey lyle is on the other side we're going to be talking some baseball over the next half hour or so and we are glad that you've tuned in for this week's episode i think trey is really going to enjoy it because probably the bulk of our conversation today is going to be about the new york yankees and all the moves that they made last week i'm sure yankees fans everywhere are very excited about the team's offseason now after they've spent a couple of months doing practically nothing but we'll get into that in a few minutes first we have to touch on obviously today is martin luther king jr day and it's a day where we reflect on and honor uh the the legacy of one of our nation's greatest civil rights icons And baseball and the civil rights movement are very closely intertwined. As Jackie Robinson broke baseball's color barrier in 1947, he became a civil rights icon, a big figure in the civil rights movement. Hank Aaron, of course, was a black man playing baseball in the South in the 60s and 70s. And he broke Babe Ruth's record, which had stood for so many years and faced a lot of uh, death threats and a lot of hate from people around baseball and around the country as a black man breaking a white man's record. So he was also a a big person in the civil rights movement. And then all the way to today with the Black Lives Matter movement and all the protests that happened throughout baseball uh, this summer and all the player movements that are going on, civil rights and baseball are very closely intertwined and none of this would be where we are without Martin Luther King Jr.
1: Yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly, Matt. MLK is someone who no matter the color you should aspire to be his personality, his, his reasoning of choosing, you know, love over hate, peace over fighting. And, you know, after recent weeks of uh, what has happened in our country, I think um, today is kind of fitting, uh, especially with, you know, politically or not, we have an inauguration coming up and there's a lot of speculation around events that could happen with it. And, looking at MLK's message, um, I think people need to understand that peace and is, is ultimately what's going to win in the end. Um, so it's a, it's a great day, uh, to reflect on his message. And, um, I, in high school, we had to read the, I have a dream speech, and that was definitely inspiring as well. And, and to today with the Black Lives Matter mu- movement and understanding the importance of that message and why this group is feels ostracized in our country, which is true and it's unfortunate. And so, yeah, it's, it's a great day for reflection. And I think you summed it up pretty well, Matt.
0: Yeah, so we just wanted to take a couple minutes and honor the life and legacy of dr martin luther king jr encourage you to find a way to reflect on his message and you know like trey said reading the i have a dream speech uh in recent years it's become a day of service so you can get out there find a way to serve your community just encourage you to uh, reflect on martin luther king jr and his message today now we're going to get into some baseball talk i teased it at the beginning of the podcast that trey would be very excited yankees fans everywhere are very excited and that's because the new york yankees Finally did the one thing they had to do this offseason, and they re-signed DJ LeMahieu a six-year... Well, they had to do a couple things. That's the biggest one. Yes. Six-year, $90 million contract. It's an absolute steal for the Yankees. I can't believe that LeMahieu did not get a $100 million contract. They got him for six years, $90 million. How do you feel about that, Trey?
1: Fan-freaking-tastic, I feel. Yeah, it's a, it's a team... Team-friendly deal, but $90 million is still $90 million. So that that's pretty good offer. And obviously, you know, with Judge coming up, Labor coming up, it, it, the Yankees are about to break the bank multiple times over. So getting DJ LeMahieu at six years, 90 mil is pretty good. And so uh, I, I was like, about blank in time. I mean, I guess we could curse on this, but I'm not going to. About blank time. They got this done, and it, it was more relief than anything.
0: Yeah, that I mean, the, there are a couple other things that the Yankees had to do this offseason, but that was the biggest one because LeMahieu has arguably been the best player for the Yankees the past couple of seasons. Even with all those other bats in the lineup, LeMahieu is such a good pure hitter, and he does have a little bit of power. That I think he's th- the
1: best hitter in ba- baseball. Probably. I think he's the best— best
0: pure hair i mean he's
1: he led the league in average this year 346 and that's the best by yankees player like who led the league in average so that's pretty impressive all things considered i know it was 60 games but still like you think about the history of the the yankees and the bats that are there so it was uh it was needed to be done and it got done
0: yeah so that's LeMayhew up for the next six years the Yankees will have a solid bat in the lineup for those six years he's he's 32 years old right now so he'll be 38 when the contract expires hopefully for Yankees fans and for just baseball fans in general hopefully he'll be able to keep up his levels of production because he is a very good player he's fun to watch and you don't see a whole lot of you know these pure hitters like this anymore you see all the power guys like Judge, Stanton, Joey Gallo, where it's home run or strikeout. So it is kind of nice to see a guy like LeMayhew that can hit the ball anywhere on the field and hit it very well and doesn't always have to be a home run. So, you, I mean, you just don't see that a lot, and he is fun to watch, and I hope that he is able to keep up the level that he's playing at right now over these next six years.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think um, it's a good contract. It's not a 10-year contract. I think the Yankees were afraid to do that. Uh, A-Rod looms very much over the Yankees organization and how bad that contract got at the end and I think the Yankees are afraid to do those really long-term deals which got them out of the you know the Bryce Harper sweet stakes the Manny Machado sweet stakes in the end is so we'll see what happens Uh, I think this is a good deal for six years you lock them long term but not too long term where it's going to hurt you in the end and you know the Yankees are ready to win a World Series, and so they need DJ LeMayhu.
0: And then, of course, after they re-signed DJ LeMayhu, later the same night, that that was the news that came out in the morning, and then later that night, we got some reports that they were signing Corey Kluber to a one-year deal. And I don't know if that's official yet, but I think it's pretty one year much eleven is what I saw. One year, eleven million dollars for Corey Kluber, who pitched in one game for the Texas Rangers last season before he left with an injury, missed the rest of the season. He invited teams to this showcase that he had where he was basically just having a bullpen session and teams could go scout it and watch. And it must have been a really good performance by him in that showcase because he ended up getting an $11 million contract.
1: I saw this as, uh, you know, $11 million for the Yankees is probably not, you know, it's a drop in the pond, let's put it that way. So this is a a risky signing, but it can ultimately be what the Yankees need. They get a, a pitcher towards the end of his career in Kluber, but you could get one of the best pitchers in baseball if he's playing up to how Corey Kluber can play. Even if you don't get, you know, Cy Young Corey Kluber, you get you don't need that if you're the Yankees. You have front end pitching with Garrett Cole. You just need a really, really good number two. And Corey Kluber can be that because, you know, Luis Severino is going to be – he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season because he's coming off Tommy John. He's not going to be fully ready. So you need that number two pitcher to go with Garrett Cole, and Corey Kluber could be that. So it's a a risky signing by the Yankees, but ultimately if they want to win a
0: World Series, it's got to pay off. I think it's a very good move by them. Um, Corey Kluber – two-time Cy Young winner obviously the past couple years he's been dealing with injuries and hasn't been that good but I mean I think he's still a good pitcher it's just the injuries have gotten in the way so I think that it is a good move for the Yankees I'm really happy for Corey Kluber that he's able to get a deal like this after spending the last two seasons injured I mean one game one game is all he pitched in last year so To be able to find a team and get a contract like this after appearing in just one game last season, I'm really happy for Corey Kluber. He's also a very fun pitcher to watch. Like I said, two-time Cy Young winner. He was great in Cleveland. Helped them to a World Series appearance. They had some very good teams in the late 2010s there in Cleveland. So Kluber, I really like him. I hope he does well, and it's good for the Yankees because even if he's not at the level that he used to be at, he's a workhorse, and he can go out there – And he can eat up innings, and he's going to be a very valuable pitcher for the Yankees in this rotation. That now includes Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Davey Garcia, Domingo Herman, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino. You got a lot of guys there. I don't know what this rotation is going to end up looking like. Like you said, Luis Severino is probably not going to be ready for the beginning of the season you got a lot of other guys there. It's going to be an interesting rotation. I think that it could be pretty good with Cole and Kluber, Davey Garcia coming into his second year. I think this could be a good rotation for the Yankees.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, starting pitching has been the weakness of the New York Yankees. They have the lineup. They have the bullpen. They just haven't had the starting pitching to put them over the top and getting a guy like Kluber should help a lot with that. Obviously, the Yankees coming in, probably the favorites in the American League still, I would say. But – the Dodgers are still probably the overall favorites and that's who you're competing against when it comes to the world series. So we'll see what happens. I like the moves for the Yankees, maybe get another starting arm in there or at least another pitcher I think would
0: help the Yankees. Yeah, definitely good moves for the Yankees this week, signing DJ LeMahieu and Corey Kluber. They are looking pretty good right now, sitting high on the American league East and, in the american league overall like you said they're probably the favorites but they've been the favorites for the past couple of years and it hasn't exactly worked out so we'll see exactly so moving on uh so we have
1: debated where would theo epstein go i i hammered hard for the the los angeles angels to repair with joe madden and try to fix mike trout and get him to the postseason but uh he did not end up on a major league baseball team he actually is going to work for the commissioner's offense as a consultant so uh, obviously um pretty interesting move from the great theo epstein maybe a, a short-term move you know to just take a year off from you know the day in day out of being a president of baseball operations but a, a pretty interesting move but a, a good get for the commissioner's office getting that smarter a baseball mind
0: as much as i would love to see theo epstein join another team and help break another curse win another world series I like him in the commissioner's office. That's where he is needed because the current commissioner, as everyone knows, is not the best. And so they could use a really smart mind and a good baseball mind like Theo Epstein. And, you know, maybe this is just the path that he takes. Maybe he ends up becoming commissioner, succeeding Rob Manfred in a couple years. I think that baseball fans everywhere would very much enjoy that. If you watched his press conference after he announced that he was leaving the Cubs just the, the way he talks about the game and the things that he knows, you can hear how much he loves the game and how much it's changed the way it's played and he he feels responsible for the way it's changed in the the bad ways you know there's there's less action in the game. some of the things that people don't like about baseball he feels responsible because he's been at the forefront you know at these World Series winning teams he's been at the forefront of analytics. And so he is responsible for changing the game of baseball. And there are some things that fans don't like about the way it's changing. And he realizes that. So he's the guy that we need in the commissioner's office.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think this is a good gift for the commissioner's office. Hopefully he does become the commissioner of baseball, or at least it's not Rob Manfred soon because we disagree with him a lot. So it is what it is. Um, Another interesting article I saw is MLB.com, which I don't get how baseball.com did this, but they predicted the next world's 10 world series. And so Matt love to get your thoughts. Um, It begins with a Dodgers three piece. So uh, including this past season. So 2021, this upcoming season, the Dodgers over the Yankees, 2022 Dodgers over angels. So that's the next two. So Dodgers over Yankees, Dodgers over angels, which I would love to see Mike Trout, the world series. Then 2023.
0: Yeah, I would love that as well.
1: Then 2023, White Sox over Padres, and then the Padres bounce back the next year and win in 2024 over the Red Sox. Matt, some good news comes to you in 2025 as the Braves defeat the Blue Jays. Twenty six, the Mets finally get it done over the Yankees. This is the most interesting one to me. Twenty twenty seven. This is putting a lot of faith in two organizations. The Baltimore Orioles defeat the New York Giants or the San Francisco Giants. I'm getting old school right here. So 2027 and then 2028, Dodgers over Tigers, 29, A's over Giants in a, you know, battle of the Bay Area. And then 2030, I celebrate finally as the New York Yankees defeat the Cardinals, which I wonder anyone on this team will be on the team in 2030. That would be interesting. So. So, there you go. The next 10 World Series. I don't agree with – I might agree with one of them, and that's 2021.
0: The rest – Which one was 2021 the
1: Dodgers again? Dodgers over the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I could see that. That's very That's realistic. about it. E- so, the Yankees don't win one until 2030?
1: 2030. They do make two in that span, 21 and 26.
0: I don't buy that. I also don't believe there's any way the Orioles are making a World Series this decade. Yep. I also think that the Braves will win a World Series before what was it, twenty twenty-five? Yes. Yeah, that's gonna. They're gonna win one before then. We're not waiting four years for that.
1: Hey, I'd be happy if they win one. So at least they won in twenty-five, not twenty-thirty. So yeah, that's insane. I mean, I get. I don't get like how the Angels are gonna get to the World Series in in two years.
0: I don't see that happening either. It's going to take a lot of time to build up. I mean, they have a lot of good players and some of the pieces there, but it's going to take time to build them into a World Series contender.
1: Like, in 2023, I actually could see the White Sox, both young cores and the Padres, making the World Series with their young cores. So I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, I could see that happening this upcoming season. I mean, the White Sox and Padres are two very good teams that have both made a lot of good moves this offseason. The White Sox have brought in Lance Lynn they signed Adam Eaton back after he spent a couple years with the Nationals so the White Sox have made some good moves the Padres obviously with getting Yu Darvish and Blake Snell and Hassan Kim they've made some very good moves so both those teams have been really active this offseason and they were already really good last season so I could see either of them making a World Series anytime I mean starting this year I could see it happening. All right, so that was the next ten World Series, according to MLB.com. I don't really buy it. I'm not really uh, subscribing to their predictions. Some more news that we got to talk about: one of the biggest free agents on the market, JT Realmuto, has received an offer from the team that he played for in 2020, the Philadelphia Phillies. They've offered him a five-year deal. Apparently worth just above $100 million. That's kind of what we expected DJ LeMahieu to get. He took, of course, the six-year $90 million deal. And so now we're going to see if Real Muto can be the first free agent this offseason to sign a $100 million contract. I think it's worth it. I think the Phillies need a catcher. Go for it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what he's asking for but I feel like he would probably not mind going back to Philadelphia. And so, yeah, the Phillies need a catcher. Real Muto wants to get paid. It works out.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, Real Muto is probably the best catcher in baseball. And so if the Phillies get that for five years, 100 mil, getting him at $25 million a year roughly, maybe a little bit more, 26, depending on how the deal shakes out is is pretty good value. I mean, the Phillies desperately need to get back to the postseason, and they're not going to do it without Romito. So they need to make this move, I think. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Mets swoop in and try to make a move for them, but obviously they've already signed a catcher in James McCann, so maybe not.
0: Yeah, the Mets seemed like they were the favorite at the beginning of the offseason, but like you said, they signed James McCann, who – is a pretty good catcher. He's not on Real Muto's level, but he's pretty good. And so they filled their need at catcher by signing McCann. Phillies still need a catcher. Everyone, I mean, they, they have to be the, the favorite to re-sign JT Realmuto because he, he played there for the past two seasons. They really need a catcher. They like him. I think he likes being there. They've got to be the favorite. And if, if this report that they've offered him, this contract is true, then I don't see how he doesn't sign there.
1: Ooh, that's called a fun podcast today.
0: It's a short. Po- that's called an off-season podcast for you folks. Thank you so
1: much for listening. Make sure you rate and subscribe on all where you get our podcast. We'd love to hear your opinions about us. You'll probably tell talk about how great Matt is and how bad I am because that's pretty much how it goes here.
0: Uh, make sure you f- at least we're not writing. That's very true. At least uh, you can see all your typos. Exactly.
1: Uh, follow us on Twitter at Mackins 21 at Trey Lyle, also at foul ball area on all social platforms. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, for Matthew Atkins, I'm Trey Lyle. Uh, have a good day.
0: Thanks for listening to the foul ball area podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out. Thank you